think it's important to note this is not like a one and done, right? It's a hmm. like legal compliance. This is a continuing thing that'll arise with your business. As you scale and grow, there'll be new issues that come up. There'll be new opportunities to kind of, you know, enter into strategic partnerships. And those will bring their own separate issues around all of this and what kind of agreement you want to engage with a potential business partner to create like a new offering or to kind of pitch maybe a joint offering or something like that. And those will all involve kind of rights and obligations around intellectual property and uh, again, liability. So those need to be negotiated properly. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that has uh, built several uh, startups and uh, into seven and eight figure businesses, as well as a founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where he helps startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. And today we have another great expert episode, um, and it is, and I'm, I'm already worried I'm going to mess up her name, but she told me before and I asked her, and she, I'm still worried, Moror Varid... So her poor, I, I know I killed it, but that's as close as I could get and she'll be able to correct it. Um, but she'll, she's going to talk a little bit about, I think, you know, a person after my own heart, lawyer, law, law stuff. Um, we're going to go over a little bit about things that businesses meet or need to know with regards to contracts and agreements. And we'll try and make it as interesting as we can. I know lawyers are typically boring, but we'll make it interesting. But, you know, this can be everything from contracts to tech agreements to how you set up things with founders and vendors and employees and referrals. And, you know, some of the things that people don't oftentimes think about enough with agreements until you're already facing those issues or they're too late. So if that much is of an, an interview, Introduction. Welcome onto the podcast. Hi, Devin. Thanks for having me. So, yeah, I'm Morvarid Salapur, and I am a business and tech lawyer. So, I'm happy to be here. I, you know, I work with startups, entrepreneurs, and businesses. Uh, have over a decade of experience and work with them to make sure that they set up their businesses the right way and have the right agreements with founders, with consultants, with vendors, with strategic partners, anyone they're transacting with. So. And I think that's great. So now give us just a two minute, you know, kind of background, you know, education, how long you've been doing this, why you're, why you know what you're talking about and why people should trust you. And then we'll get into the, the, a little bit more of the, the expertise portion. Sure. So I, you know, wanted to be a lawyer since I was eight, worked towards that, went to, you know, law school, did the big firm thing. So I worked with uh, you know, over a thousand attorneys, international reach, working with mm. Fortune hundred companies. I, worked on the Madoff Ponzi scheme recovery team while I was mm. in law. So lots of interesting work. I did that for about eight years. And then about three and a half years ago, I left the big law firm corporate world and launched my own law practice, uh, working with, you know, small and mid-sized businesses, startups and entrepreneurs to help them with that same level of expertise, but at, you know, being a small business, much uh, better rates. And mm. I'm able to really both provide them big law kind of level of experience, as well as a personal relationship and a personal kind of knowledge of what it's like being an entrepreneur since I'm an entrepreneur business owner as well. So I have personal hand experience about the different considerations that go into play. No, and I think that's a, that's a great background. I, I think it sets the stage up well. So now let's dive into a bit on the the expertise portion or the ex or the that part of the episode. So we have you know. Uh, uh, typically, you know, in my experience, and you know, as a lawyer, but on a different area of expertise, 
you know, people oftentimes, at least from my perspective, let's say take patents and trademarks, and too often they, you know, they don't think about it until it's kind of an oh crap moment. They get that cease and desist letter, or they somebody else takes their trademark or comes out with a similar patent, and then they're saying, oh no, what do I do? And then they come to my office, and you know, by that time it's oftentimes too late, or you're having to, it's a lot more time, money, and expense to try and do it. It's a less of an outcome, and so my recommendation is always, hey, even if you can't, if even if it's too early, it's always easier to go and at least get an idea or a strategy or a, a, a roadmap, so to speak, of when you should be thinking about things so that you're approaching them at the right time and you're not getting to that kind of oh crap moment but you know with that you know one of the things that i think that people in addition to patents and trademarks often overlook is agreements and they'll sometimes they won't do any agreements which certainly causes problems or they'll go online and they'll find out you know they'll type in tech you know founders founders agreement and they'll find something that oh this looks good enough and they copy and paste it both of them sign it and they never look at it again until somebody's suing the other person I assume that's not a good idea. Is that my assumption correct? Yes, definitely. So that is often a way that businesses get into really bad trouble and a lot of disputes arise. So it's important to kind of have those tailored contracts in place from the very beginning. And Mm. it is very, I've seen a lot of situations where people have either, like you said, entered into some kind of oral arrangement, have just cut and paste something that they found online, or, you know, if you're dealing with a, a vendor or partner, someone has put together their agreement and then just given it to you and you've signed without reviewing mm. or negotiating anything. And these are all very problematic. Um, there are situations where founder disputes are common. People are pushed out of their companies and um, they don't have the ability, they have less ability to kind of protect themselves because the right agreements aren't in place there. Uh, there are situations where IP rights are not addressed correctly in these agreements. So that creates issues about whether you, the company owns certain IP, for example, with mm. consultants, uh, with vendors, like there's issues with, well, did, you know, what's the happening with the data that's being protected mm. and transferred. So yeah, it's a whole host of liabilities that can arise. And I've even talked to, you know, a, like for example, a business last year who had, um, they had been building out their business, their startup, they had invested, you know, they had spoken, spent money on consultants, and they Mm. had basically built out even a prototype. But their business model, when they spoke to me was illegal. So they had actually spent this time and money (laughs) working out a business that had nowhere to go. And that's not a situation you want to be in. So I was telling them, like, come to me as early as possible. Like, we can go through your business plan, I can kind of give you feedback, and we can make sure that you are actually growing a real business. No, and I think that's certainly important. And I think that that's oftentimes, you think, yeah, it's probably fine. But now I'm going to ask you the hard question, or the and I get it all the time from startups and small businesses as well, which is, as a startup or a small business, you always have more things to spend money on than time to spend them, right? Or than money to spend, right? And so you're always trying to figure out where's where do I spend the money, the limited money I often have, because, you know, if you're a big business, you have a big income, you'll have in-house counsel, you'll have attorneys that you can go put on retainer and that, you know, that works out fine. But if you're starting out, you just don't have enough money. So how do you balance that as a startup to say, hey, we need these agreements, but I'm worried that I can't afford an attorney or I can't afford their rates or, you know, even worse, they're saying, hey, 
hey, I, I'll go in and they'll spend, you know, five hours consulting and then they'll come out and they'll charge me a thousand or two thousand bucks and they'll just tell me I don't need it, you know, that it's, I'm too early or I don't need it. So how do you kind of weigh as a startup or small business that need to have these documents with the lack of funds or, you know, limited funds, not saying they don't have any funds, but limited funds. How do you kind of make that balance or what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I doubt there's ever going to be a situation where someone's going to say, you don't, you don't need any of these agreements. You're good. Like, no, <laughs> uh, you definitely. And the way it is, you need to start thinking about uh, both law and tax are things that you need as a new business to be budgeting for. So these are hmm. things you need to prioritize in your budget. And then, you know, for example, I'll work with, uh, you know, clients who are, you know, new startups, we can create a priority of things that need to be done. These are all, these are all things that need done. You know, we may not have to do them all straight away month one, prioritize, you know, create a list of one to 10 of the things we need to do. We'll do one and two that are immediate, most important. We'll do them this month. And then, you know, Mm. four months down the line, we'll revisit and do three and four. So that's a way that you can kind of spread out the cost of Mm. what needs to be done, but you're actually getting things done and create, you know, working on creating a real business, scaling it and setting it up for investment because no investor is going to want to invest in a business that doesn't have agreements. In- so uh, so now taking that, yeah, taking that as almost initial jumping off point. So let's say you have those top 10 priorities and I know every business is a bit different, but if you're to say generally, and I know attorneys hate to talk in generalities, but I'm going to force you to anyway, generally, what would be, you know, the top one or two things, if they could only start on one or two things, because it's better to start and at least get some things in place than to have nothing in place. So what would be the typical startup or small business? What would be the first couple things that they should start to look at or start to consider? Yeah, I mean, there are the key agreements to their business that they need to be, those are things that they need to actually invest in. So, uh, you know, if they're very early setting up the founder agreement, Mm. that's going to be important. So Um, now I'm I'm already going to interrupt. So what is a founder agreement or what, you know, people don't know what that is. You know, what's an easy understanding explanation of what a founder agreement is? Yeah, and it'll, the specific structure of it will depend on the but basically it's in general, the agreement that is between all the people who are the actual founders of the business. And it includes the rights and obligations of everyone and how they're involved with the business, how, you know, what they have to do, what rights they have, what happens if someone needs to be leave, you know, which things that need to be negotiated and rosy under agreement. Um, in addition to that, the other kind of important documents that any startup needs to be doing is, for example, this is a key document, is whatever agreement that they'll be using with their customer or client, whether it be uh, B2B, make sure that agreement, for example, I, I deal with SaaS companies, getting that SaaS agreement put into place and strong, that's important. It's something you're going to be using over and over. That's an important investment. Um, similarly, if you're a B2C, get that terms of service set up strongly. That's important. The privacy policy is important. Mm. So I'm going to give a couple. So just for people that don't know, or all, all the acronyms, which I, I, you know, SaaS is software as a service. So, so that would be, hey, if you're a, basically selling as a service, your software, right? You have a platform, you have a subscription model, something of that nature. You'll want to have uh, that agreement in place. And then B2B is business to business. And so that's more if you're working your businesses, your clients of your businesses, other businesses, you'll have one company, you know, one type of agreement. If you're more of a B2C, which is a business to consumer, then that'll be different. So, you know, 
B2B, B2C would be more of, you know, your Netflix or your, you know, something of that nature to where you're streaming and that your end customer, but even Netflix also has B2B agreements, which is all the networks where they get all the content and all that and movies and that those are the B2B agreements. And so there's always a lot of times there's more than one type of agreement. So, you know, so you take, so we walk through a few of them, founders agreement, and that one kind of outlines, this is how a founders are set up. This is how your decision-making is going. This is how you're going to be able to, um, be able to, you know, if you have a tie voter, you, how do you spend your money or how you make your money if you get dividends and how all of that is laid out. And it's it usually you write it, you put it in a drawer and nobody looks at it again until you have a dispute or an argument, but that's when you need it, right? That's when you're going to say, okay, we, we don't, we no longer agree. We want to dissolve the company or somebody wants out or something isn't going right. That's when you pull it out. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So now, so you, let's say we got the perfect founders agreement and I don't know that there is a perfect agreement, but a really good founders agreement. We get our, um, you get our, you know, the different agreements in place for terms of service for your B2B, your B2C, whichever your model is. So you have those in place. So now, you know, what is it? Let's say now we have all those in place and we start to hire, we start to hire whether it's independent contractors, we have vendors, we have employees. What are some things to consider? How do you start to figure out? the different types of agreements you need as you start to grow and expand. Yeah. I mean, the, one of the ways a lot of businesses initially scale is consultants. So those consultant agreements are another important thing that you need to get a template put together. And that's something, again, that it's important investment you're going to be using over and over um, mm. as you down to employees, get those employment agreement templates kind of put in place. That's again, something that you're going to be over and over. Or, you know, depending on kind of, you know, kind of figure out if and what that, those are kind of issues with that side. And then as a tech business, you are going to have multiple vendors. You, you know, tech businesses are connected to the cloud. They deal with data. Uh, so these are important issues. You're going to be kind of facing these from the very beginning. So it's important, particularly if you're a high tech space that's dealing with data, that you are negotiating these vendor agreements uh, strongly so that mm. you are only taking on uh, appropriate amounts of liability and that you're having your vendor cover the appropriate amount of risk that they need to cover as they uh, p- kind of perform the contracts because you ultimately are going to be responsible for things that go wrong with your customers. No, and I think that's certainly helpful and insightful. So now let's break it down just a little bit. So we kind of talked about um, three different types of agreements, which is one is a vendor agreement, one is an employee employee agreement, and one is an independent contract agreement. All three are three different types of agreements and cover different things. But, you know, if you're to simplify down so everybody that's not a lawyer that we are talking back and forth, what are those type of agreements or really what is a nugget or what are you trying to accomplish with each one of those agreements? Yeah, I mean, with any of these, you're really trying to protect your business interests and limit your legal risks. So with, for example, the vendor agreement, you're wanting to make sure that what you are sharing, basically you're gonna have, everything's gonna be secure, right? It's gonna be, you're not gonna have cybersecurity issues. You're not gonna have data breach, data privacy issues. That's all very important with any of these vendors. And those are things that are, why it's so important to negotiate those carefully because you're ultimately going to be responsible for data breaches, cybersecurity issues to your customers. So you need to make sure your vendors are appropriately kind of obligated and have their feet to the fire there. Consultants, it's important with consultants employee, it's very important to 
protect the actual assets of your business, which for any tech business and many other businesses, including, for example, media entertainment, it's intellectual property. Intellectual property is the most important asset. And it doesn't stop as just, you know, registering this, getting the patent, getting the trademark, getting the copyright. You actually have to protect it in your day-to-day transactions with different parties that you are engaging with. And that means you need appropriate consultant agreements in place that have appropriate IP and confidentiality provisions, same with employees, same with vendors. These are just ways because if you register something and then you start freely like sharing it out and not keeping it confidential, well, you're going to have issues. And keep in mind, there is a whole scope of uh, information that is not technically register able to be registered as a patent or a trademark is trade mm. secret. So the only way you're going to, uh, you know, preserve trade secrets is by contracts and by, you know, policies within the company. Mm. No. So now what, and, and I think that was a great explanation, breaking it down a bit. And if I were to kind of maybe add on to that, in my mind, vendor agreements is vendors are piece, basically people that you're either providing something to or they're providing it to you and outlining what that relationship is, when the deliverables are, how you're going to provide the service to them, customer service, how quickly you're going to do it, what happens if things don't go right, how you're going to remedy issues. Those are all that go into it. In employee agreements, you're really saying, you know, what does the employee do? If they create something, is it owned by the company or them as an individual? What about non-competes? Can they go out and take the, all the ideas of your business and start their own business as a competitor? Or do they have to wait for so long? And that even gets more messy with all the state law, especially if you're in California. Sorry, non-competes are hard. Um, and then, you know, independent contractor agreements. And that one's one that people often think, oh, I'll just go pay an independent contractor. They'll do some work for me. But then you get into ownership issues, right, of who owns what. So independent contractor make something for you do they now own it do you own it do you know do they have co-ownership or how does that work and that can often get messy so one thing that i I always found and i I would i'm guessing you would probably say is attorneys always love to share war stories so without breaking any attorney or current attorney client confidentiality by any means you know i'll share maybe one of my best war stories and maybe you can share one of yours uh think something that went wrong as a way for people to learn what they shouldn't do so I'll give you a recent example. And again, I'll generalize it so we don't release anything on the the client side. But we had a client or a potential client we talked to that they had an employee that left the company, right? They, you know, happens all the time. Employees come, they go, people get fired, people, you know, leave, they have other opportunities and they didn't ever think about it. And it was on a trademark side and they basically looked at it and, you know, who owns a trademark? And so now if the employee goes out and has a, you know, their employee, their ex-employee goes out and starts a similar company and have you registered your trademarks have you not do you own them who if you don't own them does the employee if they came up with them and it came raised all these different questions as to you know i've got an employee that now just left the company what do i have an agreement in place or do they have a non-compete and it was kind of now having to sift through what level of protection they had and if they'd already had that in place it makes it a lot easier conversation of okay this is how long they can't compete with this who owns this and what do they have the rights to and it enables to give to that so there's my generalized um recent horror story but maybe what are some of the other horror stories is to give people an idea of what they're trying to avoid yeah i mean i've done things like that where agreements and you know former employee you know i've seen them take hard it's definitely a big issue. I mean, some other kind of issues that I've kind of seen is, uh, you know, re- recently kind of dealing with some kind of 
open source licensing for a client. And, you know, there's definitely a lot of issues there as well. And you need, you need to kind of be aware what you're actually putting into your software and what IP lights are kind of involved with that. And then how you are kind of passing on that, uh, you know, kind of new software and whether you, you don't want to be attached to any of these terms in open source licensing, where there are basically viral terms that will make proprietary software open source. So these are very careful. So you, you actually have to have a policy and procedure around this and doing that due diligence um, when you are kind of creating this new software and then transacting with it. No, and, and there are, the, the hard thing I always think, and, and I, you know, and I've been on both sides, so I've done startups and small businesses as well as running my own law firm, and it becomes a bit overwhelming, and, you know, almost to the point we started out is you don't have enough money that you can't just go hire an attorney full time, and, you know, then you're always worried, you know, some some attorneys are awesome and great, and other time you just feel like they're running at the clock, and so you're always worried, okay, how are we going to afford this? We've got now, we've just gone over, you know, founders agreements, vendors agreements, employees agreements, you know, independent contractors agreements, what are those founding documents? And that just, you know, that's almost a tip of the iceberg. So, you know, we walked through kind of, you know, I like the phased approach of let's, you know, let's start somewhere, let's figure out when you're going to found your business. Then once you found your business, you have that agreement in place, then what is, what is your next steps? Is you going to be putting it up a website? Let's look at terms of service. Are you going to start to sell it or hire on more employees? Let's do that. So with all that phased approach, now let's say we've got we've got everything up and going. We've got the initial agreements in place and we, you know, kind of have at least that roadmap and outline and we work through that. Any other things that people should be considering on an ongoing basis or anything else that you would think of that we haven't gone over that would be of, of, of note or people should think about as they continue to grow their business? Yeah, I think it's important to note this is not like a one and done, right? It's a hmm. legal compliance. This is a continuing thing that will arise with your business. As you scale and grow, there will be new issues that come up. There will be new opportunities to kind of you know, enter into strategic partnerships and those will bring their own separate issues around all of this and what kind of agreement you want to engage with a potential business partner to create like a new offering or to kind of pitch maybe a joint offering or something like that. And those will all involve kind of rights and obligations around intellectual property and uh, again, liabilities. So those need to be negotiate properly. Additionally, while these templates are good, you're getting these templates in place, it's something you use with your clients. But as particularly if you're having, you know, B2B clients, and you're dealing with bigger businesses, you're going to get like, sometimes you'll get pushback or someone will want to change something significant. And that's the time where you need to realize, hey, I'm kind of in over my head, you know, negotiating these kind of data rights and privacy rights, like these intellectual property rights, I need to bring in a lawyer to kind of help me navigate this and make sure that I'm not agreeing to something that kind of basically undoes the key provisions of my agreement, whether it be those, whether it be indemnities or liabilities, those are key provisions in all of these transactions with vendors and with um, B2B clients. So it's important to realize when you actually need to bring in an expert to help you. No, and I think that's that's a, a great point. And, you know, because businesses always are evolving. They're always getting, you know, changing. They're be, they're growing up. You know, if you start out as a startup, you have you and maybe your co-founder, and then you hire on a couple more people. And then before you know it, in a few years down the road, you have, you know, 20 employees or 100 employees. You've got all these clients. And what you did when you were a founder or co-founder back in the day probably doesn't match with what you're doing today. And you do need to at least consider how your business evolved and then adapt your agreements and what you have in place to or to match what you're doing today. 
So we, you know, I'm sure we could go on and people would find it, maybe find it interesting or maybe find it really boring because we've already talked to half an hour, but I think it's been interesting, at least from my end. But now is if we were to say, you know, we've got all these things, we can't cover every type of agreement all today. If people want to reach out to you, they want to find out more, they want to help with their agreements, they want to get some strategy, get that roadmap, any, any or all the above, kind of what's the best way to reach out to you, get more information, contact you and get things going. Sure. Um, I'm on LinkedIn with my name, Morbreed Sopo, and I uh, my website is my last name, sopolaw.com, and my email is my first initial last name at sopolaw.com. So and sopolaw at sopolaw.com. Happy to talk to anyone who needs assistance with contracts and transactions. All right. Well, and I definitely, I said, I, I always tell people it's never too early to talk to an attorney and I'm always talking with them on the patents and trademarks. I think that definitely also applies to our business agreements and getting everything set up. So I'd encourage everybody to reach out earlier than later. You can avoid the horror stories. If you even, even if you don't need it, get it or get a roadmap in place. And so you know what or how to attack things and approach things and certainly reach out to you. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been a pleasure. It's been fun. Now, for all those listeners, if you're either an expert and you want to, or you have some expertise, it would be helpful to startups and small businesses to share, or you just want to come on as a founder, co-founder and share your journey, feel free to go and apply to be a guest on the podcast at inventivejourneyguest.com. If you're a listener and you want to make sure you get all the uh, notifications of all the new episodes as they come out, make sure to click subscribe. And last but not least, if you ever need help with patents and trademarks, feel free to reach out to us at Miller IP Law. Well, thank you again for coming on. It's been a pleasure. It's been fun. Good luck helping all the startups and the small businesses uh, to make sure that they don't mess up any of their contracts and uh, wish you the best of luck. Thank you for having me, Devin. It's been a great conversation. 